On today's episode, we will talk about a subject that during this time of year is brushed under the rug at best, but at worst, it is glamorized and romanticized. It is the occult. Hi, I'm Heather, and I am host of Graceful Stories, living and learning that God's got this. Today will be a unique episode. We will hear from two guests about their experiences with different sides of the occult, and the discussion will be guided by my pastor. I can't wait for you to hear these graceful stories. So where did this story come from? A few years ago, I wrote a book called The Warrior. Through it, people started telling me their experiences of courage and how God got them through challenging times. These are their stories. Well, hi everyone. We are at an interesting episode. So this episode is going live on October 1st. And so sometime in the month of October, you're probably hearing this episode. And it was put on for October 1st on purpose. I want you all to hear the dangers of the occult to the point that you never want to touch them. (laughs) So I am here with two of my closest friends. So Jess Gibson and Jess and I have some common ground where before we became Christians, we were involved in different aspects of the occult. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then helping us out and moderating and just being an amazing voice of wisdom is our pastor, Luke McKinnon. And so, hi, guys. Hey, how are you doing? (laughs) Hello. So, um, I'm going to, first, we want to kind of define a cult and I know a cult has to deal with a wide range of different things. Um, I know it has to deal with the Ouija board and tarot cards and there's movies that are cult oriented. There's music that's occult oriented. There's musical artists that are very occult oriented. And we're not going to get into any specific names, but um, Luke, do you have any further definition for us? Yeah, I mean, I think when you talk about something like the occult and you ask somebody what it means, you're going to get as many different definitions as people that you ask because it's, it's, it's one of those things that can be all of that. It can be Wicca. It can be New Age stuff. It can be... Um, pop culture that no one actually even realizes is occultic. And so, um, so I mean, I think it, it can cover the depth and breadth of stuff, but oftentimes I think one of the um, uniting aspects of it is it, it's trying to tap into um, another world, another realm, another power, mm-hmm. something like that in whatever way that looks like. And, um, and the thing we want to kind of highlight in this is this stuff is, is, is real. I mean, it's, it, it, it is, this is not all make-believe. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's no question that there's a lot of stuff that's um, fictionalized in pop culture with it, but I think people would be surprised how real some of that stuff mm-hmm. actually is. And so, you know, we are dealing with, um, from a Christian point of view, uh, the good and evil, 
light and darkness and you know there it is real and there is real danger and there is um there there's real power that satan has in this world nothing beyond what what god has certainly it's something that was um he's allowed to have and kept in check by god um but we don't want to ignore it we want to make sure that we look at it and both of you i know you know we've been sitting here uh for a little bit ahead of this talking about the stories that you guys have i've got stories myself that we're not going to get into uh, today um from from a pastor's point of view but it is real, and it has the the ability to uh, to destroy lives, um, to destroy families, to destroy you health. know everything, health, everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and and there's um, and there's no benefit to it. There's no benefit. <laughs> I, thank you. There is yeah. absolutely no benefit from it. So if there is any central message in this entire podcast episode, it's don't touch it. Right. There's no benefit in it. There's no joy in it. There nothing. Right. No. And nothing good will ever come out of it. No. Never. Nothing good comes from it. Right. It only leads to, to sadness and... And Jess, I don't know about you, but I am still... I still feel every once in a while the repercussions of decisions I made way back when. Oh, yeah. I deal with that a lot. I think it's almost a reminder. Like, I, like God wants me to remember mm-hmm. it wasn't a good thing. And this is how far you've come. And I think it's... I don't know exactly how to describe it, but yeah, it's a reminder there. And it's something that I'll have to live with for the rest of my life. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, let me, with that caveat that we're giving, um, let me read a quote. Um, you know, most of your, most of your listeners are going to be familiar with C.S. Lewis, you know, mm-hmm. um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Chronicles of Narnia, all of that. Well, he was much more well-known for his Christian apologetic stuff, even though, than all of his uh, children's books. But um, there's a book that he wrote dealing with, demons and stuff called screw tape letters mm-hmm. um and in the beginning of that book in the forward of that book um he he wrote something that really stuck with me for a long time about this specific kind of thing and he says this he says there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils one is to disbelieve in their existence the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them and so in this what we want to do is we want to acknowledge the truth of what it is, the reality of what it is. Um, but as you mentioned, we want to absolutely caution people against an unhealthy interest in this. Um, we need to know what we're up against. We need to know what the enemy is doing and how he works so that we can stand against that. But we certainly don't want to get into it where it becomes an all-consuming thing. And sometimes um, that that can be the case. You know, we get interested and in, our, our interest gets piqued. And, and we mm-hmm. really want to be careful with that as we kind of talk about this and, and share this with everybody. I completely agree. I, I tell people in my ministry stuff that I think one of the most powerful things that Satan has ever accomplished is getting people to think he doesn't exist. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. And and to make you and if he does that he's harmless, you know, or you know, he's mm-hmm. he, he he's this uh, figure in a in a red jumpsuit with horns and a tail and a pitchfork, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um a cartoonized version of him. And um he does exist and he he uh um as scripture says, you know, he's prowling around seeing whom he can devour. And yeah. the occultic stuff is usually one of the ways, one of the maybe even primary ways that he, he can very effectively do that. Um, and so so I think if you guys want to, let's let's talk about stories. You guys are coming at them from a couple of different I think, you know, here. from where we were, I was going to tell my story because it really does mm-hmm. crescendo into um, 
Satan is real. Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah. No, let's go for it. So my story began when I was a kid and I was always fascinated by ghost stories and haunted house books. And that fascination grew and grew to a point that when I was in college, I was involved in a Ouija board group and we worked, worked, played with that Parker Brothers game (laughs) that is called a Ouija board every Saturday night. And early on in our discussion between us, Luke, I told you that we always got, and now as a Christian, I realize what it was, but I want you to tell people what it was. We thought we were talking to this sweet little old lady. Mm -hmm. And this sweet little old lady, I don't know how to describe it, but you get... um, characteristics off of what's happening on a Ouija board. And we always thought we were talking to this sweet little old lady who would guide us to talking to other people. And you kind of nodded knowingly like you're doing now. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you said... Well, you said it was, it's like personality. Um, you know, this idea that there was a sweet little old lady who probably died, you know, somewhere around there and her ghost is somewhere around here mm-hmm. and she's just this innocent little thing. And the, the very first thing, as you were telling me the story that came to mind, was that, that phrase principalities and powers, you know, in Ephesians that Paul talks so uh, so often about in, in different places as well. Um, but th- this wasn't a ghost of some sweet little old lady. This mm-hmm. was a demon. Okay, this, this was, was a, a fallen demon. angel. This was, this was someone whose entire uh, existence now is to corrupt people and to try mm-hmm. to get them from, um, quite frankly, coming to know Christ and keep them from being the people mm-hmm. that God wants them to be. And so mm-hmm. that's that's what you're dealing with. And so, so often, and I know um, people will see this, but there, there's something that's interesting about it because it's harmless, right? It's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it's, uh, it's Satan doing what Satan does as being that angel of light, right? Making himself look good. Like, or, you know, and you're going to get a little more specific here on that here in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, it, you know, in Second Corinthians, it even talks about how he's, he, he disguises himself. Well, guess what? His demons are going to do the same thing. They're going to Absolutely. disguise themselves. As little old ladies. Because if you saw them for what they were, <laughs> mm-hmm. you would run screaming away from it. Right. And so, so you see that here. And so, yeah, that, that's absolutely what came to mind when you were, you were saying that. So. Yeah. So we would talk to this little, <laughs> little old lady mm-hmm. demon yes. um, <laughs> every Saturday night. And it did exactly that. Mm-hmm. It was so fascinating. Um, but I really want the listeners to hear that it was fascinating for a time until literally all heck broke loose mm-hmm. one night and we were with a whole bunch of people because they were fascinated by what we were doing and the night turned bad fast mm-hmm. to a point that that little old lady said she had to go because something much bigger was on their way. And that something bigger started talking to us more and more that night until a point where all it was spelling out was cuss words on the board. And I have told people for years that I met Satan that night. Mm -hmm. And I have absolutely no doubt that I met Satan that night. And um, I felt evil. Mm-hmm. that night mm-hmm. and I saw evil that night and I will get into the effects of that in just a minute I want to hear Jess's story but um yeah there were repercussions from that night oh yeah definitely absolutely yeah 
Okay, so Jess, you want to kind of share some of your background? Because I know your background's a little different in that um, Heather didn't grow up as a believer. She didn't grow up in church. Um, she grew up kind of outside of that, and, and some of the stuff was even encouraged sometimes. Um, your, your story's a little bit different and a little different perspective, so why don't you share with us on that? Okay, so yeah, I did come from a very Catholic family. Uh, we were very involved in the church. My dad was a Eucharistic minister, and we were there a couple times a week. And as I grew older, listening to the priests, listening to when I was in catechism for my first communion, a lot of the things they were saying started to not make sense to me because they weren't things that were said in the Bible. They were almost like they were adding extras. And I had a lot of questions. And anyone who was raised in a Catholic faith knows that they don't like it when you ask questions. So I very quickly turned away from, from religion. I wouldn't say that I turned completely away from God. I had a lot of questions and no one to answer them. Um, and I couldn't ask him there. So I went the other way. I rebelled in the most drastic possible way you could. And I went looking for stuff. And I found it. And there are stores, there are movies, there are musicians that, that kind of open the doors to where you can find this stuff. And like you were saying, the devil comes and light. Mm -hmm. These things seem really nice at first. You walk into like a, a holistic store, let's call it, and it smells really good and everything's pretty and they got the chimes in the windows that shoot out light and, and you think, you know, no harm in this, no harm looking around. And uh, eventually walking around one of those stores one day, I did pick up a pack of tarot cards and I started messing with those and I would... I would get really good readings for people, but every time it would be not a good message. I never told people they were going to have long, happy lives. I never got to tell people this. I got to tell them that there's something bad going to happen to you, that this person in your life is betraying you, that this is happening. And eventually I became kind of like the messenger everyone, everyone wanted to kill. <laughs> and uh, I remember um, just the scariness of how close things felt towards the end when I stopped, when I, when I gave up all the occult stuff. Uh, I actually became a Christian before I came up, gave up all the occult stuff because I wasn't digging anymore for that. I wanted truth. So I started digging for truth. And it led me into reading from the book of Revelations, which had me running to God as fast as I could. And it took a couple years before I actually got rid of stuff. Things that I didn't think were a big deal, like dream catchers in the window or my tarot cards. Mm -hmm. And eventually when I did get rid of those, finally, I, I, it says in the Bible, it talks about sorcery. It talks about this and about that. And I had never seen those things as like they were opposing. I, I was giving them way too much power and I didn't want to give them power anymore. And so I got rid of them and surrendered to God and his power is so much greater and so much bigger and so less terrifying. Right. You know, and it, what, what I'm sitting here thinking is there's so many people that have never really picked up a Ouija board or they've moved around the pieces. And so they're thinking, oh, it's just a Parker mm -hmm. Brothers game or the tarot cards are just this funny looking card deck with funny looking pictures on it or, um, Crystals are just crystals and sage is just sage and dream catchers are just dream catchers. And you know what? It takes people like us and Luke who have experienced things and y'all need to just trust us. Right. <laughs> right. Definitely. Because there's, there's a darkness at first. It seems nice. It seems appealing. 
And then this just, there's this darkness that comes over and it like, it's always with you and you never feel good about it. Like nothing good ever comes out of it. Like I, like we were saying earlier, there's no happy ending. You go searching and all you will find is darkness mm-hmm. and you just keep getting deeper into it. Well, and I think, as I think one of the things that I've seen and it's kind of getting echoed here is all of these things seem innocuous. They seem harmless. They seem like they're just, oh, having fun. It's a board game. I mean, come on, how much bad can come from a board? You know, it's made by the, Parker right, Brothers. You can get it at Walmart for like $10. Right. They're, they're, ki- they're, they're cards. You know, what can come from that? Where, where can you get all these things? And, and everything that I've found, anytime you deal, whether it's, it's research or hands-on stuff I've dealt with, um, anytime you see somebody's having a significant spiritual problem that's dealing with demonic forces or anything like that, there's always something that allowed the enemy to get his foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And what, what's interesting is how many times it's a Ouija board or how many times it's tarot cards or it's mm-hmm. something that's just, it's, it seems harmless. You know, I, I, I kind of like, liken it to this, you know, fire's beautiful. You know, I, I love sitting around a campsite. I love having a campfire and I love just looking into the fire, just all the things that are moving and the colors and it's, it's beautiful. Um, but I know from experience that if I stick my hand in the fire, <laughs> all of that beauty is going to go away real fast because it's going to hurt and it's going to be painful and it's going to cause all these problems. And so I think in some ways what you guys are talking about is, is you both saw something that was intriguing to you, something that was fascinating, something that, that maybe offered something else, you know, that maybe you were missing. And as soon as you reached into that, you know, over, over a period of time, you realized, wow, this, this isn't good. You know, but the, the, you know, you, you realize real fast when you have your hand in a fire, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Maybe take a little longer or something like this, but just because something is, is interesting, even, even just because something is, um, intriguing, intriguing mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's good uh, <laughs> and amen. doesn't mean that it's safe right. and, and doesn't mean that it's harmless. And as a matter of fact, in this, it's anything, but, and I think Absolutely. both of you guys have seen that. You know, so I would love to get, I'm going to tell my after story of what happened. So that evening ended at about 4 a.m. And none of us could sleep after that. And so it wasn't until the next night that I was able to try to go to sleep and in my sorority dorm room. And I couldn't sleep and I felt uneasy and I felt heavy. I felt awkward, uncomfortable. I'm trying to think of all the adjectives, but I think you get it. It was just off, majorly off. Not like you're having a bad day, but evil. Right. I felt like evil in the room was in the room, and, and most likely I had opened that door you're talking about, and there was probably evil in that room. And I had to leave the sorority and move home. And I heard from every single person that remained. So we started out that night with about 30 people and at the end there were only six. And out of the six, every last one of them had significant stuff that happened in their lives after that. One of which was the guy woke up and was paralyzed and wasn't able to move for a few hours. And uh, so, Anyway, there was actual significant stuff that happened. And that's not even talking about the danger 
of the intrigue of this, Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it stuck with me. We were talking before the podcast about some specific movies and Jess was mentioning one and, and she said, well, you know, that movie. And I was like, well, when did it, when did it air? And she said, early in the 90s. I'm so, well, that's why. Because I ended all occult in 1989. And in 19, after 89, I know none of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was, I, it stuck with me. Right. The intrigue, it, it's almost like a drug because in the early 90s was when those ghost I call them ghost shows started popping up on the TV paranormal and, stuff yeah mm-hmm. and I would be very interested and I would want to watch those and I had to literally force myself to turn the channel and um, listen to the Holy Spirit who's screaming in my ear mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can tell you that I did damage mm-hmm. not only by that night but by the continued intrigue I fought the intrigue, I fought the temptation, I fought it every step of the way, but I did damage with my life and with the feel of my life even years after that. And I was saved by that. I, I mean, I was saved as a Christian in 1989, but I did damage to the point that now, um, I have a house that has none of that. It is not allowed. It's not allowed through the front door. It's not allowed on my property. Scary movies aren't allowed on my property. None of that. And my house feels different. Yeah. And um, so then, Jess, I'm going to say one more thing in a little bit on my story. But what well, do you think? It was interesting what you were talking about, how it had it had affected your life so much. And since you came from um, non-believer to believer with that in between, um, it was interesting the way that I came back because I never stopped believing in God. I stopped believing in the people that taught me about God is pretty mm-hmm. much what happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the night something came knocking. Pretty much, I, I can say that. Um, I literally heard someone knocking on my window. And I remember then knowing I'm in trouble. And I prayed. And it had been a long time since I prayed. It had been a long time since I talked to God. And so all I remembered was the Lord's Prayer. Because that's, that's, that's pretty ingrained in you when you grow up Catholic. <laughs> so I said the Lord's Prayer, and then I just started crying. And I remember feeling God being there, because he had never left me. He was right there. He was watching me go through all this pain, and he was asking me to come back. And he was ready for me to come back when I asked. But in that moment, my life changed for the worse. I mean, I was saved, but not without consequence. I lived the next 12 years afraid to leave my house agoraphobic, PTSD, severe anxiety. Mm -hmm. And for 12 years, God worked on me very slowly, bringing me to where he wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. And I used to think that it was a bad thing. I used to ask why, why did I have to go through this, this such a long trial? Cause it was Mm -hmm. 12 years. It's a long time. It's a long time. But for all I had done, I got off easy (laughs) because I was messing with stuff that I had no business messing with. And the fact that, that God loved me enough to spend those 12 years helping me every single day, learn to communicate with him, learn to listen to him, got me into a church, got me with people, with having fellowship, got me into knowing more about the Bible. I mean, I had heard the Bible, but I hadn't read it for myself. And so knowing more and more, it was kind of like a, 
like therapy with God for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And then when I came out of that, I was a different person. But yes, I kind of go with you on a lot of that. I don't like to go back to any of the stuff that reminds me of that. I can't listen to certain music. I can't watch certain TV shows. Mm -hmm. Um, Even things that I kind of want to watch, like sometimes I'll test the waters every once in a while and be like, well, can I watch the show? And I'll know right away if I get that in my stomach. This one's not for me. Um, But it still happens. I mean... there's no shortage of things out there in the world that have that. Oh, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. You would think, but I don't know. It seems like there's always been, it's always there. But it's worse, yeah. So I'd love to to move to where was God in your story? Because there's always three parts to this podcast. And so we've heard our stories. So where was God in your story? And I'll I'll start out because what Satan meant for evil... (laughs) God had the last laugh because I remember my um, now husband, best friend that I told you about earlier that told me never to touch the thing again. Um, He became my husband and he started talking to me actively about God. And all of a sudden it occurred to me one day, if Satan existed and I knew for a fact that Satan existed because I met him that night, Mm -hmm. then maybe God did exist. And so I started opening my heart to the idea of maybe God really is real. And I started doing my own investigation and talking to Alan all the time. And then I came to Christ in 1989. And so that is where God was. God, you said God was there the whole time. I have... No doubt that God was there the whole time. I mean, Luke, you were talking about what you were a little surprised with. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's one of those things that you often see um, with people that, you know, God's always at work behind the scenes. He's always doing stuff. Um, and it's it's fascinating to see that things didn't get worse for you than they did. Because yeah. in my experience, the things that you went through, the things that you were doing, the things that you're experiencing in that, um, it shouldn't have turned out that way for you. It should have been far worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, we, we, we know that Satan has power. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing compared to God. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm brought back to the series we're working on in Job right now. Um, you know, that, that heavenly, that heavenly scene mm-hmm. um, with, with Satan and God talking. And God says, okay, you can do that, but you can't do this. And so could it have been one of those things with you? It's like, yeah, you can, you can scare her, but that's as far as you get to go. I, I, I have you know? no doubt that that was a conversation. <laughs> right. Right. No, right. It's like a modern age. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not have to right. go through that much. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Satan was under God's thumb. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of even mentioned it, Jess, that you feel like God allowed that to happen so that it would lead you away from it. I, I really believe that. Like, I really believe that I got... I I was so mad at organized religion, I guess you would call it. I was so mad at people. I was so hurt by people that my relationship with God was damaged. Not actually really damaged, but damaged in my mind. Because I thought those two things went together and they didn't. And so with all this, God was working constantly 
in all this because as soon as I knew it was too much and I turned around and I opened my arms, he was there. And it was, it was nothing. His power was overwhelmingly good and huge and it was nothing compared to what was there. It disappeared. Mm -hmm. That stuff ran from him. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew, oh, I'm home. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the third part of the podcast is advice. And I'm just going to start. If, if you have ever, if you've been intrigued by it, if you've been intrigued by a Ouija board and you haven't touched it, just trust us. Don't, <laughs> don't touch it. Don't. don't touch it. You're opening doors that you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. You're opening windows that you don't see. And mm-hmm. um, Jess and I are, I, I don't believe in the word lucky. Mm-hmm. I believe in the word blessed. Yes. And Jess and I are more blessed than she and I will probably ever know Absolutely. that we are both involved in an amazing church and, you know, involved in ministry here at the church. And um, we're blessed to have been involved in that. So don't touch it. Yeah. Um, yeah and it's, it can be an alluring thing. We were talking about that. It looks bright and shiny and harmless, but if you ever have that feeling like I want to know more about this, reach out, talk to someone, talk to someone who actually has been there and knows that it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. Pros and cons. Throw my information out on Spotify, but if someone wanted to come to me and ask, should well, I? I would gladly tell them, you do not want anything to do with this. We, you can message. So if yeah. anybody here has has questions for Jess or I or Luke, you can message us here through through your whatever you're using to listen to this and I'll get it to the right people and we can respond. Um, I have a question for you, for you two, for Jess and Luke. What if someone's already involved? What do they do? So I think the easiest question of that is a lot of times you have people that are involved in this that they feel there's no way out. They feel trapped. They feel stuck. They feel um, that, that the consequences of trying to get out are worse than, than anything. And um, I think one of the most important things to remember is there is power in this dark stuff, but it's nothing compared to the power of God. Um, and scripture time after time after time shows us that God will give us what we need to get out of sin in our life, to get out of difficult situations. And so the, the, the number one thing that I could say is stop what you're doing <laughs> um, and seek God. Just ask him, you know, mm-hmm. just, just stop, you know, fall on your knees and just say, God, I need your help. Um, Put yourself into places where um, you can talk with people, with a, with a pastor, with a, you know, with a ministry leader, with someone um, that can kind of help you walk through this a little bit, um, and then just trust God. You know, like Jess was saying, for her, it took twelve years after she became a believer to kind of get rid of this stuff. You know, this is is probably not a you know turn a, a light switch off and it's gone. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, there's lasting repercussions, but God will give you everything that you need. But you've got to humble yourself. You've got to come to that point where you know you want to. Yeah, and actually a lot of that I was going to say kind of like that. But (laughs) um, Satan acts like he has power. Demons act like they have power. And at the time, they feel like they do. If you're in it and you feel trapped, you feel like there's no way you can break away from that power. But I can promise you that God's power is so much bigger because as soon as I turned to God, it was over. It was over. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. 
his power was greater. My consequences, regardless of what I had to go through, that was my own decision, how far I went, what I had done. I brought that on myself. But uh, it was never a question after I felt God's power <laughs> that they had any power over me. Absolutely. You know, and I'm going to add for the person who isn't sure they want to give it up. I'm you just haven't gonna... been scared enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen him. And when you see him, you will run. But I'm going to say, um, if you're not sure, if you're anywhere near where Jess and I were, what Luke has seen, um, Satan exists. Yeah. Satan exists. There is no doubt. And I bet you if you're involved in this, there's no doubt in your mind either. Mm-hmm. But if Satan exists then you have to be, what's the term you always use? Intellectually honest. Mm -hmm. And you need to realize that God does too. And if God exists, I want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. I want you to hear the joy that exists in my life now that didn't back then. Mm -hmm. And joy is an all-encompassing thing that God gives us. It's not equal to happiness. It can include happiness, but joy is something that can get you through trials. It is a peace that surpasses understanding. And that's what awaits you if you will put the Ouija board down, if you will put the tarot cards down, if you will stop the fascination for this and look into God. Open the book of John, read the book of John, read the book of Acts, be intellectually honest about it, and then make a decision of where you're going after that. And I know a lot of people who are into this stuff, even if you're into it really heavy, I know that you are looking for something and I can tell you, you won't find it there. No, it's not there. It is in God's word. It took me a long time to figure that out, but the answers aren't in mystical, in a cult that you will never find anything there. Um, If you want truth, if you want joy, if you want this, this deeper meaning of life, it's the power (laughs) and the real power. Right. It's in God, and that's the only place you will ever find it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So, Luke, I'm going to give you the last word. The last word. (laughs) The last word. Um, I think we've been hitting it, but uh, God is supreme. You know, all this other stuff is minor compared to him. And um, so no matter what you're looking for, as Jess was saying, um, no matter um, what you think the occultic stuff may offer you, it pales in comparison to, to what God wants for you. It pales in comparison to the, the sacrifice that Christ made for us, um, the power of his resurrection and the hope that we can have of salvation through him and what he did. And so, um, you know, it, it may seem interesting, but it's not. Um, it, it's dangerous. And um, run. Don't walk. Um, get away from it. <laughs> yes. um, and, uh, and just trust God because he's got this. I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. And as my husband said about 35 years ago, Put it down and never pick it up again. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Graceful Stories, where we get the opportunity to see the grace of our Heavenly Dad in the real stories of our guests. I would like to thank our guests today, Jess Gibson and Luke McKinnon, 
for sharing their stories and expertise in this important subject. If you have any questions for me, Jess, or Luke, or would like to just share your story, please message us and we will get right back with you. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe so that you never miss a story. And stay tuned next time to hear the story of a girl who went to college ready to make friends of a lifetime. She's going to share with us her struggle to do that and what she's learned about friendship. Until next time, my friends, put your faith in Jesus because God's got this.